Hello, and welcome to Poppy Approved Movies. My name is Poppy. And I'm Natalie. In our podcast, we will review and critique my favorite PG-13 movies. Movies that I wasn't allowed to watch until I turned 13. Every week, Natalie and I will watch a new PG-13 movie. And I'll see if Poppy's movies live up to the hype. Which, of course, they will. Today, we're going to be watching Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Before we begin, there will be spoilers. If you haven't seen the movie and don't want it to be spoiled, press pause and come back when you're finished. Now, Poppy, tell me the deets on this movie. Okay. Ferris Bueller's Day Off came out in 1986, with a runtime of 1 hour and 43 minutes. It's streaming on Paramount+, Plus, but we borrowed the DVD from our friend, Miss Kaya. Ha ha ha! I couldn't find it earlier, and we asked Miss Kaya, and she's like, I have it, and then we, we got it from her, so that was really great. It was written and directed by John Hughes. The main stars are Matthew Broderick, Ellen Ruck, and Mia Sara. Fun facts. John Hughes is a legendary filmmaker from the 80s and 90s. He's behind movies like 16 Candles, Uncle Buck, Weird Science, which we're going to watch later on, probably next season, The Breakfast Club, and Home Alone. I actually wrote down halfway through my notes that I was like, oh, this is a little bit like Home Alone because I noticed some similarities. I'll talk about it later, though. That sounds good. Yeah, no, these are some of like the most popular movies from the And movie I didn't movie. even know it yet. I just was like, oh, it's kind of like Home Alone. Yeah, The Breakfast Club, I love that movie. This is also actually one of the oldest movies we've seen so far from 1986. So It didn't you... feel that old, though. You didn't think it felt old? Mm-mm. Okay. So what do you think, Matt? I loved it so you, much. You loved it? Okay. I did find it a little weird at first because, like, he broke the fourth wall, like, instantly. And I was like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that. But then I got used to it, you know. And I loved it. And it reminded me of one of my favorite TV shows. And what TV show is that? Phineas and Ferb. Phineas and Ferb. I know that song. Phineas and Ferb, we're gonna do it all. How does it go? Yeah. And then I thought it was pretty similar because it's like about two boys going on their like adventures mm-hmm. and like it's always crazy stuff. You, it would never fit it into one day, you know? Okay. And then their older sister trying to like bust them and get them in trouble with their parents. So it is pretty cool. Huh? Very similar, I guess. So what did you rate it? I gave it a five stars. Five stars? Oh, wow. Look at that. that that's been a while. I'm happy you really liked it. I think this is one of the greatest movies of all time. And watching it again, I thought I saw some things that maybe you weren't going to like. But I guess maybe I was wrong. I don't know. I guess I can't gauge. I don't what really like don't remember like. what I wouldn't have liked. There's a couple of things. That, oh, and I'll go over it when we get to it. But I, I thought there was a couple of things that. Wouldn't necessarily fly now, but I, I I'm happy. I that didn't you write it. down much actually. Really, you were just entertained. You just enjoyed it. <laughs> there you go. All right, excellent. Why don't we get into the recap? Okay, the movie begins with Ferris Bueller pretending to be sick to skip school. He's so over the top, and his mom and dad are eating it up. His sister Jeannie rolls her eyes because she sees right through his ruse. What is his sister's name from Phineas and Ferb? Candace. Candace. There you go. As soon as his parents leave, Ferris jumps up and begins to break the fourth wall and talk to the audience. This is, I was like, whoa. And I was like, 
This feels a lot less like a PG-13 movie. It felt more like a kid's movie almost. Sure. Okay, I get I that. I feel like the only thing that made it PG-13 was like a lot of cursing, I feel like. Yeah, they curse a lot, right? But, but overall, there I was didn't no... think it was a... I, if I watched it, I wouldn't have thought, oh, this is a PG-13 movie. I would have probably thought it would be PG. You know, if yeah, if they took away the curse words, there wasn't any nudity or any no. like inappropriate things like that. There was no violence either. I mean, there was one small little action scene, but that was it. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. This, I think, is a borderline PG, PG-13 movie, right? Yeah. Anyway, so he talks to us and he gives us tips about how to get away from skipping school. And there was even writing on the screen, right? Yeah. Like like a teacher or something like that that's putting it up on the projector. He also talks about how important it is to seize the day. The big quote is, uh, you have to live life or pay attention to life or it's going to pass you right by, so... He says it twice during the movie. Ferris calls his friend Cameron to pick him up and so they can spend the day together. Cameron is depressed because his home life is very cold. He feels his father doesn't love him. He's also worried about graduating high school and not knowing what he wants to become. Cameron doesn't want to get out of bed, but Ferris is determined. Eventually, Cameron angrily relents and goes to Ferris's house. And it was like they knew exactly, they knew each other so well. Like, he'll be like, I'm not going to go pick him up after he hung up. And then Ferris will, like, call again and be like, you are going to pick me up. Yeah, it's funny. Like, they knew each other so well. Yeah, they've been best friends since kindergarten or something like that, they said, right? Like, fifth grade, and they had mentioned it. That's the area that I thought would be not your cup of tea. Uh, That relationship of Ferris, the way Ferris treated Cameron. So we'll get into it as we go deeper into it. Because Ferris kind of gets his way with everything he wants. With Cam- Actually, he gets his way with everything, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, Ferris is the hero and he gets whatever he wants. But I thought he was a little pushy with Cameron. So let's get let's get past that and go along. I do think, though, that part of it was just trying. He knew that he was just depressed and in his house and alone. It's not like he was actually sick or like not feeling well. Even said later, like, oh, I thought he was just really sad or like I just wanted he wanted to like suffer alone. And I feel like. He was pushy just in, like, getting his way that he wanted. Sure. But I also think that part of it was, like, come on, we'll have fun. Let's get to the end because I really do want to kind of... Dissect it. Dissect it because in retrospect, I thought, I don't know. I mean, maybe Ferris wasn't the hero that I thought. So that's why I I was a little, oh, I'm not sure if Nat's going to like it. But you gave it a five star and you love Ferris, so it works out. (laughs) At school, we see the rumor of Ferris's sickness has exploded and everyone is worried that he may need a kidney transplant. It's actually an ongoing gag through the whole movie. Even the words Save Ferris are printed on the town water tower. Even in the newspaper it says a teen boy is sick. Like it's everywhere. The police know about it. Like everybody knows about poor Ferris and him being sick. Jeannie hears a rumor and is furious. We also meet Mr. Rooney, the dean of students who hates Ferris. This also felt like another kids' TV trope where, like, there's a bunch of kids meddling around and doing their own thing, and the angry principal is after them. And that he is. He's he's determined to destroy Ferris's life. Exactly. That's his mission. And just because, and people like Ferris. The secretary said he's a righteous dude. Everybody likes him. So <laughs> all the all the different groups at school. And they she named a bunch of cliques, remember? I know. Kind of like Mean Girls. And then they all like Ferris. Ferris is pretty cool. <laughs> the next part of Ferris's plan is to get his girlfriend Sloane to join them. For the plan to work, they need Cameron's father's one-of-a-kind Ferrari. Cameron says no because he says 
His father loves the car more than he loves him. Ferris doesn't take no for an answer. Then Cameron calls the school acting like her father. But the part that I was confused about was he took the car, right? But like, how'd he he get the keys? They're probably inside the car. Oh. Yeah. Well, you would think that the dad loves the car so much he'd keep the keys in a safe or something. But where Cameron lived was like like a mansion. Yeah. Right? He had, I mean, the garage that the car was housed is a glass garage like up on a hill. And then if you looked in the garage, there were other older cars in there. Yeah. So I'm like, the guy is probably like a millionaire. I mean, the keys might be in the car because no one can even get on the property kind of thing. That's true. Anyway, so he ends up taking the car, even though each time Cameron says no. But he doesn't. Cameron then agrees to call the school, acting like Sloan's father, to get her excused from school. Rooney thinks it's Ferris on the phone, but it backfires when Ferris calls on the other line. Rooney excuses Sloan from school, and Ferris picks her up in costume and in the Ferrari. It was funny, because in my mind, I thought that they were going to, like, stack the two of them and put on, like, a trench coat. <laughs> but then I realized, wait, they're high school students. They're tall enough by then. So that w- that's what Phineas and Ferb would have done. I feel like that would have happened. <laughs> you know, for some reason, when I saw him in the trench coat, I did think something similar, to The principal could see him. Yeah. And then the best part is when... Ferris dressed as the dad sees Sloan, they start like making out. Yeah. And the principal's like, oh, okay. And that's what they do at that family. That's kind of odd. Yeah. But I was like, they're kids. They got to stack on top of each other. But then they realize people are actually tall in they're high adults. school. They're adults. Yeah. Well, not adults, but they're. They're basically there. Yeah. They're like 17. Wise. They're 18 year olds, probably, because they're seniors in, in high school. Ferris Cameron and Sloan drive into Chicago for a great day of an adventure. They leave the Ferrari in a car park and go to Willis Tower and look down from the sky deck. Then they go to a fancy restaurant named Chez Louis, where they are sat only after Cameron and Ferris execute some trickery. I know, it was very mind games. Yeah. You know the other thing I think, right, because like you sat down, that place is like shishi, right? Only rich people. They didn't leave. They didn't like take off and not pay the bill. So they must have money. Well, Ferris's room... Is obviously crazy with all that stuff in it. Well, and the house is gorgeous. And then Cameron's has money and who yeah. knows about Sloan. So, but it made me think about like, well, they went to the restaurant. They actually ate at the restaurant. Yeah, they actually ate at the restaurant. They just needed the reservation. They just needed to get in. They weren't going to let them in. Back at school, Rooney leaves campus and starts looking at local hangouts for a Ferris. Like, he, that's what he has to do today. He had nothing else to do. Him as a principal or dean of students. He didn't care about anybody else. He just needed to find Ferris. I know that secretary's doing all the work. Yeah, it's funny. Then he goes to Ferris's house to talk to him. Larry figures out the doorbell is rigged with a recording and knows Ferris is lying. He's not really sick. This is what made me kind of think of Home Alone. Okay. And then I also, there's like, another scene where there was like a mannequin that was like moving and snoring in his room that his just parents- like Home Alone. That his parents were like, oh, that's him. He's in his bed. So it felt like Home Alone with all the like, machinery and trickery. They were all dancing. And yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Like that. And then the doorbell thing. Because Home Alone, Kevin is always like using noises from shows or like other things and recording them and like using them to trick people. Yeah. And I like connected those. I was like, oh my gosh, it's like Home Alone. And then it was like Home Alone. Even the house looks alike. I wonder if <gasps> Ferris... Is. From Home Alone, the same character. <laughs> Maybe, when he was little. 
Where'd all his siblings go? (laughs) Yeah, I know. Where are they? Yeah, I guess you're right. He starts looking around the house. This is Rooney. He's at uh, Ferris's house. Sorry. Rudy is also like an intruder. Like Rooney, the two yeah, totally. from Home Alone. That's right, Mr. Rooney, yeah. Anyways, Mr. Rooney starts looking around the house and he gets attacked by their dog and leaves his shoe at the house. And Jeannie, who's angry that Ferris gets away with everything, is also cutting school. So she's cutting school too. Yeah, right? the whole she, day. Yeah, the whole day. She never went to class. Like she was just walking around campus just fuming. In her anger, she goes home to catch Ferris in the act. She goes into his room and finds that he has a room set up with a mannequin and a recording of him snoring. Rooney comes back and drugs the dog so he can get his shoe back. He then sneaks into this house. He drugged the dog when? You saw it when the dog was asleep? Like, I thought he gave him the flower? Like, remember the um, the singing? That, that was an inappropriate part right there. Yeah. That was a PG-13 rating because it was a, like a sexy nurse? Was yeah. It? And then she actually, like, kind of insinuated a bad word kind of thing. Uh-huh. And so... Um, he got flowers from them. No. No. How did he? How did the dog go to sleep? I don't know. He got flowers, and then in the next scene, it just showed like the dog sleeping with flowers around him. I never thought that he poisoned him. I really just thought he threw the vase of flowers at the dog and knocked him out. Yeah. Maybe it didn't show it, huh? But that's so aggressive. For some reason, I thought he like had like sleeping pills or something like that. But the flowers, it was like I don't know what the flowers were doing. <laughs> yeah, maybe he knocked them out. Anyways, Rooney and I think sl- the vase was shattered too. Yeah, it was. It was all broken. I think he threw the vase of flowers I, at the dog. I thought he. Well, all right. Well, email where, us. Would, where does the drugs come from, Dad? Well, he left and came back, so I don't know. He might have got some sleeping pills. No, he didn't. He was sitting outside the whole gate, and then flowers got delivered to him by this truck, and then he flipped off the truck. If you know exactly what happened with the dog, whether he drugged him or he threw the vase of flowers and knocked the dog out. Please email us at poppyapprovedmovies at gmail.com. Poppyapprovedmovies at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. We have a, uh, a difference of opinion here. Um, Natalie's wrong and I, uh, I differ. We should from do that. another poll. <laughs> no, we should do another poll. All right. Please yeah, answer look our poll, please. Yes. Um, the last poll had um, zero people participate, but that's okay. Uh, this time you guys can go ahead and we'll put it on there on the Spotify poll. Yes. Like what happened to the dog? Okay. Anyways, Rooney gets in the house. Jeannie thinks Rooney is Ferris. Rooney thinks Jeannie is Ferris. They meet in the kitchen. Jeannie freaks out, triple kicks him in the face, and knocks him out. Then she goes to her room and calls the police. Rooney leaves, but he forgets his wallet. This is the one thing that kind of trips me out. Did she know it was Mr. Rooney? I don't think so. I think she found his wallet later and found out. I was like, oh, it's Mr. Rooney because he's... So like when she, she kicked him in the face three times, saw him. He fell down. She didn't recognize he was her principal. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's the only thing. It was weird. But I really thought, I felt like the wallet thing misled me mm-hmm. because I saw the wallet and I thought, oh, he's going to get in trouble with the cops. That's evidence in her house that there was an intruder. You know, poor Jeannie. She ends up getting arrested. Well, we'll get to that later. Cause so she calls the police because she has an intruder. An actual intruder does go into her house. Yeah. Like, freaks her out. She knocks him out, and then he leaves. But, hello, an intruder actually broke and entered into her house. And there's evidence that he was in there. There's evidence. I wonder if she turned in the wallet. Or maybe she saw it later. No, she threw it at him, and he, like, chased after That's at the end of the movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I don't know if she had it when she went to the police station. Anyways, let's keep going. Meanwhile, during all this, Ferris, Sloan, and Cameron are having the best day. After the restaurant, they went to a Cubs game where Ferris catches a foul ball. 
Then they go to the Art Institute of Chicago to see beautiful pieces of art. And they're walking with elementary kids. Yeah, they walk with the elementary That's a cute part. Cameron is still depressed and he wants to go home. Ferris wants to help Cameron get out of his doldrums and be happy. That's like Ferris's mission is to make Cameron be happy. You know what I'm saying? Like You can't change Cameron. That's who he was. Like I know Ferris's his intentions are good, but he didn't want to do any of those things. He didn't want to take the Ferrari out. He wanted to be in bed all day. And yes, he ended up having a great day and things did change for him. But he was forced to do all of that. Yeah, that's true. He was forced by Ferris to do all of that. I just see it as him trying to get Cameron out of the state. Like trying to be a good friend. Yeah. Eventually, Cameron and Sloan lose Ferris at a parade. We then see Ferris singing Don Shane and Twist and Shout on top of a float. And the entire city is dancing and having a great time. Even his dad from his window of his workplace is, yeah. like, dancing. Yeah, he was getting down. Even Cameron's dancing and having fun, too. Finally, Cameron kind of breaks out of it, right? Yeah. He starts having fun. He realizes that this has been a spectacular day. The crew start to head home and realize that the car valet had used the Ferrari for a joyride and has many more miles than expected on it. Cameron knows that his father checks the odometer and will kill him if there's more miles on it. Cameron goes catatonic. I wonder how many takes they had to do just because he blinked. He had to blink, right? Poor guy. They go home and at the pool, Cameron jumps in and stays at the bottom. Ferris gets worried and he dives down to save him. Then when they both come up, Cameron snaps out of it and starts laughing. Ferris isn't happy about it at first. He like started like throwing him and then afterward they started just jumping around and playing. <laughs> For the first time, Ferris wasn't getting his way. Uh-huh. And then he kind of got played, and then and, and then he's like, ah, forget it. I'm going to have fun anyways. <laughs> like, he didn't care. Jeannie's arrested for prank calling the police. So poor Jeannie, right? So terrible. How is she arrested for prank calling the police when someone actually broke into her house? You know what I mean? I know. They don't believe that anyone came over. See, that's why I don't think she found the wallet yet. I think she did. And wouldn't she have given, hey, this is the gentleman that came into my house. And then they have they have Rooney's evidence right there. I think that she wasn't going to turn it in because she knows that Mr. Rooney is also after Ferris Bueller. Oh, like he's they're on the same team kind of thing? Yeah. Okay, maybe. But I think that she had the wallet because as soon as she gets home, she has like no time. Her shoes are still on when she like finds Ferris spoilers. And then she has the wallet in her hand already. But she opening the kitchen side door where the wallet was. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, so her mom comes to go pick her up, and while her mom is talking to the police officer, Jeannie meets bad boy drug dealer Charlie Sheen. So Charlie Sheen is the name of the actor, real famous actor, who actually has drug issues in real life, and she starts talking to him. It's funny because they start to philosophize together, and he tells her that her anger about Ferris isn't about Ferris. It's about herself. (laughs) At first, she's like, you're dumb. And then by the end of the scene, they're making out. (laughs) Then, That's not right. <laughs> the part's funny because the mom comes out and they're like totally making out, like bad boy. I mean, he's like he's in there for drugs, right? Yeah, he actually is at fault. It's not like Jeannie who like got an intruder. Yeah, it's funny. Ferris's plan of driving backwards. Also, is- she tells him like he's like, "Why are you here for?" And he's like, "She's like, I hate my brother." Like, wouldn't you just tell him someone broke into my house? <laughs> <laughs> it's always about Ferris. Right? <laughs> She gets so angry about it. And it's funny because she's angry that everybody's talking or thinking about Ferris, and that's all she's doing. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Ferris's plan of driving backwards to turn the odometer back doesn't work. I could have told you that. That doesn't work. It was like a Matilda moment. They did that in Matilda? Where they they would do something and they would like turn back this, the mileage on oh, okay. the car. Oh, that's funny. I didn't know that. Cameron says it's okay. He needs to confront his father. Cameron gets so angry about his dad, he starts kicking the car, denting it, and then eventually sending it down a ravine. Ferris says he'll take the heat, but Cameron says no. It's time he stands up to his dad. To it's me, a little strange. Wouldn't I think that the mileage on the car is enough of a stand? He's just so angry about all the things that is going on with his life. Like he snapped out of it. Like he's been so sad about everything that's going on that he finally like turned it to anger. You know, like the stages final, of grief. The stages of grief. Yeah. To me, there you go. Finally, Ferris, who I think is not the best friend, <laughs> does something selfless. He says he'll take the heat. Like he'll get blamed for it. He'll get caught skipping school, right? He'll give that up, and then he'll probably going to end up having to pay for the car, right? The dad's going to end up, like, suing them or something like that. And he's willing to do it. He's willing to take it for him. And Cameron says no. Ferris drops Sloane off and realizes his parents will be home soon. He starts running. And Jeannie almost hits him with the car. She looks at him, he looks at her, and the race is on. Whoever gets home first is going to win. And I don't know why she didn't just say something in that moment. To the mom, because the mom yeah. was in the car, but she couldn't see because all the papers were flying everywhere. Uh, but she should have said, like, Mom, it's Ferris, right? Uh-huh. And, but no. Although Ferris probably would have ducked down and Mom would have been like, why is wrong with you? Like, poor Ferris is at home. You know, because she, yeah. Like, yeah, so maybe it would have just made her angry. Ferris runs, jumps fences, goes through playgrounds, even goes through people's homes to eventually get back to his house. But when he gets to the door, Rooney is standing there with the key. Rooney has caught him red-handed. Dun, 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 dun. Then Jeannie opens the door and covers for Ferris. Oh, plot twist, right? Plot twist! She says he walked home from the hospital and let him inside. Then Jeannie throws Rooney's wallet near the dog and it wakes up and attacks Rooney. I don't know why she didn't just blackmail him with that. <laughs> that seems like something they would do. Right. Yeah. Well, she's just, I don't know. I guess Charlie Sheen's character changed her life, right? <laughs> yeah, this guy, this drug dealer guy. He's actually the hero of the movie. Most, hero of the movie Most, is most important character. Yeah, exactly. Because he changed Jeannie's attitude toward Ferris. <laughs> At the end, do you think Jeannie and Ferris are like friends after that? Like, do you think they get along after this? No. Ferris runs in and gets in bed and turns on the snoring recording sounds right before his parents come in. With his baseball. Yeah, with the baseball he had that he caught at the Cubs game. Ferris turns on the sickly act again. They coddle him some more and eventually walk out. Then Ferris looks at the audience and then he smiles. So that's how the movie should have ended, but unfortunately there was another scene. So during the credit scenes, Rooney limps home all bloody and bruised and the school bus stops and picks him up. Which, mind you, why is the school bus out after six? Yeah, good point. And all the kids were there. Yeah, well played. Because it'd be like 6.30, right? Yeah. Because they were getting home at six. Yeah, that's a good point. Anyway, so he gets in the bus. They drive off. And the last scene we see when all the credits are done is Ferris coming out and telling us, hey, what are you guys still doing here? Go home. The movie's over. The end. 
right. There you go. A good five-star movie? Yes. Five-star movie. All right. Could this movie still be made today? I think so. Okay. Tell me about it. The one thing that felt weird to me, I don't think anyone else noticed this, uh-huh. or maybe they did, but I feel like Cameron and Sloan had like a weird like relationship. Yeah. That was the one inappropriate area, and then they just laughed it off, right? Yeah. So Cameron, when he was acting catatonic, he wasn't talking, mm-hmm. Sloan changed in front of him, but she thought he wasn't looking, and he was. And he admitted to it at the end that he was looking, and then he like a smirk. Yeah. And then she was like, all right, whatever. Who cares? That was weird. And also before, like, they just acted weird together. Like, he would, like, she would, like, stroke his hair or, like, face. Yeah. And, like, or they would, like, hug and stuff. Sure. Or, like, dance with each other and all that stuff. And I was like, their relationship is so weird. They were, like, pretty close friends, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I didn't, did you think that he liked her? Like, did you think at any point he, like, liked her? No, I don't think so, but it was just very strange. Yeah, it is a little bit strange, you're right. Especially that he checked her out naked, right? Yeah. And then he laughed about it. And Ferris was fine with it too, right? They were all kind of like, ah, Cameron, you knucklehead kind of thing, you know what I mean? Classic Cameron. Classic Cameron, yeah. That's the one one scene that, and then there's those. The sexy nurse. The sexy nurse, but I think they would make that in movies now. That's true. But I think that was the. Especially since. um, Out of place. I don't think it was out of place because it showed that, like, Jeannie just didn't care. It's like, they weren't like, oh, that's normal, because Jeannie immediately slammed the door on them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's not like they were like, this is normal. This is okay for, like, a high schooler to receive this. Yeah, but she was talking about, like, sex. Yeah. So I don't even know what was going on. That was, it was really weird. And you think about it, they're all high schoolers. Some high schoolers sent that to him. And <laughs> yeah. that's just so weird. I can see that, though. And that's inappropriate, Yeah, though. but I, that I can see, like, somebody's doing something like that just to mess with him. Or make him feel better. I don't know. I don't know. Because everybody believed that he was sick, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't like, he must have other friends, right? Yeah. Cameron's his best friend, but he has other friends, right? Because he's popular. So, most of those people won't be like, nah, he ain't sick. He's just pretending. This is the ninth time he did it this year, right? So, Yeah. This semester. This semester, they said? Yeah. <laughs> and he got away with it. All right. Anything else about it not being able to be made today? Um, No, not really. All right. Does it pass the Bechdel test? Uh, yes. Yes? It's like a lukewarm yes. A lukewarm yes. Okay. The Bechdel test is about female representation in movies. There are three criteria. Criteria number one. Three criteria. Three criteria. Criteria number one. Criteria. Criteria number one. Is there there two named females in the movie? Uh huh. There's Sloane. There's Jeannie. His mom had a name. I don't think they even called her a name. Mom, I guess that counts. Not her name. That doesn't count. I think it counts. No. Sloane, Jeannie, who else? Grace, I think that was the name of the secretary, secretary receptionist lady. Grace, like he yells at her. Grace. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then there was a nurse that also had a name. Yes, there was a nurse. She did have a name. Who told Sloane that her grandmother died? Although we know it was a lie, right? Yeah. Okay. Did any of the females talk to each other? Yeah, Jeannie gets picked up from the police station by her mom. <laughs> okay, there you go. That's it right but there. But that's not it. Because she's not a name. Okay, go ahead. What else? And then Sloane 
gets told that her grandma dies by the nurse. Uh, okay, I see it. <laughs> okay, I see it. The nurse tells her that her grandma dies. They're not talking about in Criteria number three. Don't jump the gun. Criteria number three. Do they talk about anything other than a man? <laughs> yes. Yes, they do. They talk about what? They talk about her grandma's death. All right, so it does pass the Beckel test. I was going to say that same, also the part where she's getting picked up from the police. They talked about Ferris and how he was, like, sick at home and, like, oh, poor Ferris. And then he was, they were also talking about the guy that, that was, like, in there. And she was like, why were you just with that guy? Yeah. I think they talked about other things, though. And they also talked about the intruder, which was, like, Mr. Rooney. He was like, there was a guy in the house. Stop lying. It's not true. Yeah. yeah. So they were, like, talking about three different guys in, like, that one conversation. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, there you go. It did pass the Bechdel test. Very the, lukewarm. I know. Once again, we don't see too many movies passing. 1986, too. Looking at a movie that's 1,400 years old, so it should be. Yeah. All right. Anything else? I wanted to talk more about Phineas and Ferb. Let's do it. So? Okay. So... Jeannie is just like Candace trying okay. to bust them all the time. Mm-hmm. But even in the show, like in one of the episodes, Candace or like a few of the episodes, Candace always has like a change of heart sometimes where she's like, oh, it's OK. I'll just leave them be like I think one episode they were all like, stop being so angry all the time and just like come on an adventure with us. And then they do that or whatever. So I feel like that change of heart was almost kind of like in her character as well. OK. And Phineas. And Ferb, Ferb has a rectangular head. Okay. And so does Cameron. Cameron's head is slightly rectangular. Is is Ferris's head triangular since the other character has a triangular head? They're not based on each other. I looked it up. It's a coincidence? I think not. I imagine the writers slash makers of Phineas and Ferb have watched that movie. And it's probably been an influence in their lives, right? And it felt like them, because it was it's like ridiculous. There's no way that they were able to do all that stuff in one day. And there's no way that all his plans and machinery and all that would have worked out. And that's just like a cartoon. Like, nothing would actually work out in real life. But it's cartoon logic, so it does work. Right. Yeah. And it's like, they were able to do each thing. They were able to eat. They were watched. They watched a whole baseball game. Yeah, it was and like three, four hours. They went to a museum and they like went swimming. They did all this stuff they and they the... did it all before six. <laughs> After like at least yeah. three hours of coaxing Cameron and like getting Sloan in on everything. Yeah, it was. So like there's no way they were able what to do that. And then that. they went to the Skywalk up in the Willis Tower, right? And they did the parade. And they did the parade. That's right. The parade was great. And the Twist and Shout part is a classic movie scene. And he's so funny. He doesn't even sing, right? No. It's like all lip sync and then everybody's dancing. But it felt like a cartoon where it's like, there's no way that they could get this done in one episode. Yeah. <laughs> one episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Okay. I see that. I see that. It was pretty fantastical, right? Yeah. And it looks like Ferris, his whole life is a fairy tale. Yeah. Like Everything goes right for him. And I feel like, I even feel like Sloane was like the, the Isabel to their Phineas and Ferb almost. Who's Isabel? Isabel's the, what you doing? What you doing? Okay, I remember. It's like their friend? Yeah. or And she's Phineas's love interest. <laughs> okay, so one it was of like, the two. 
and she always goes on their adventures and does everything with them. So you, you didn't. You looked it up and it said it was not. It was not. But no. I really feel like, oh my gosh, it was like I was like, I'm watching another episode. Because <laughs> Cameron is smart too, right? Like yeah. he's, he, you know, he's, uh, he knows what he's doing too, right? Yeah. Him and Ferris, they work off each other, right? Yeah. So <laughs> that's pretty good. All right. Anything else you want to share? Nope. Thank you for tuning in to Poppy Approved Movies. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. We put out an episode every Monday. If you want to suggest a movie for us to watch and critique, email us at poppyapprovedmovies at gmail.com. That's poppyapprovedmovies at gmail.com. No spaces, no caps. We'll try our best to get to your suggestions. Remember, it has to be PG-13. Next week, we're watching Batman, the 1989 version. So I hope you join. I'm Poppy. I'm Natalie. See you next time. Bye!